Hello listeners and welcome back to the Backhanders. Here we bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam. Of course, we are unafraid to slam tennis. And with me, with me is a man who's almost completed his own calendar slam with a couple more pasty white bikini selfies left to take for the last couple of months of the year. So make sure you check out the Backhanders gift shop and welcome Catters. Lightning, so good to be with you. Or shall I say... You, you worthless piece of as the locals in New York might put it. I'm getting into character, Lightning. I'm really embracing all that the Big Apple has to offer. And side note, Lightning, the Big Apple is called as such because of the fact that historians believe the Garden of Eden was originally geographically placed there. So hot tip to our listeners out there. So it's wonderful, Lightning, to be returning to a place steeped in history as we turn our attention to the final slam of the year. Absolutely, Catters. And it's great to welcome back all the characters to the Garden. Of course, the Medvedevil will be back to face the US crowd. So, Catters, I mean, this is real deal tennis. There's another slam rolling around. You must be pumped. You'd think so, Lightning. You would think that I would be excited by this Grand Slam. And you would be naive, which is often the case with you. And we'll take that (laughs) offline later. But this is not the shiny Granny Smith of a Big Apple that we return to this year, Lightning. This is something that your grandmother dug up in her compost heap that has been eroded by creepy crawlies and fruit flies and raccoons. I don't even know if we get raccoons in Australia, but they've found this exotic fruit and hollowed it out, Lightning. This is a carcass of a slam that we're about to witness because apparently tennis players with talent aren't rocking up this year. Yeah, it's so tricky. And thanks for really talking up the US Open (laughs) before we've even got anywhere near her. There's nothing like giving an Open a chance. And uh, Catter's... For those three <laughs> remaining sadistic listeners, thanks for joining us on what will be a hell ride over the next 30 minutes, <laughs> deep into the existential soul of the sport. <laughs> and of course, let's go down that trajectory as we tip down this roller coaster towards hell to note, Cutters, what you're referring to, and that is the the unbelievable amount of outs that have already pulled out. And of course, the draws just come out, but... No doubt there'll be a few more that pull out going on the current trajectory. Nadal, out with a foot injury. Team, out. The defending champion, gone. Federer, out with old age. Serena, followed suit. Hamstring, bang. Venus, couldn't be released on weekends from her aged care facility. Out, bang. <laughs> Sophia Kennan, Warinka's pulled out with disinterest and also a foot injury. Simona Halep's been unable to get back. Cutters, they're just dropping left, right and centre. This is the top echelon of male and female tennis players not fronting up to a slam. Can you sound a little less happy about the fact that <laughs> you're just retiring players left, right and centre lightning? It is a farce. <laughs> It feels like the ATP has issued some sort of diagram of a human body out to all of the players and said, you can pick one part of the anatomy that is injured, but you each have to have your own so it looks credible. So team has claimed the wrist, (laughs) Nadal the foot, 
<laughs> I believe Milos Raonic was neutered last weekend, which was ill-timed at best. <laughs> yes, Gattis, but beyond the Raonic eunuch, other than Dominic Team, who has a wrist injury, I assume there's been too much tattooing of his mother, other than Team, every player's out with a foot injury from Nadal to Arinka and Serena. It's just foot and leg injuries left, right and centre. There's this pandemic of foot and leg injuries. So please, if you've got symptoms, make sure you pull out of major tournaments. Listeners, Cadiz, what do you make of this, this leg disease sweeping our tennis players? It is alarming, Lightning. They've collectively had their feet up for the better part of two years due to this pandemic. And it feels like it's come home to roost that these privileged snowflakes are suddenly having to step out onto a hard court with their Swedish masseuse unable to join them across the Atlantic. And suddenly the pampering has stopped. The direct access to the Southeast Asian sweatshop producing that fresh set of shoes that they would wear for every change of ends is suddenly not available. And you have to suck it up and you have to go out there and stand on firm ground. And I don't exactly know what the problem is there, but apparently it's causing a few strains below the waist. And I can hypothesize, and I will hypothesize all I like, Lightning, but I think it's a case for none other than Dr. Fritz. Dr. Fritz. Oh, of course. For a long time, Lightning, people have said that tennis is a game played between the ears. But I've always said it's played between the balls on your feet. And it's hard to fit that on a t-shirt. I've had to uh, put the latter part on the back of the shirt, barring me from many a tournament as a spectator. But I'm going to fly the flag for that motto. And again, check out the Backhanders gift shop for Cutters' t-shirt suggestions. And then get off very quickly. Google saves that information and you'll be in a lot of trouble. So Cutters, we're looking at a field with no quality, with no content, that there's no legitimate threats out here. There's no matches to look forward to. It's a US Open B Reserve edition. What is the US Open this year? What do we call the thing? Well, Lightning, unlike the players themselves, this is where the tennis authorities need to be flexible. Mm. And they need to get out there and shorten this tournament. Two weeks of this? You think I'm seriously going to watch a bunch of chumps roll around, with the emphasis on roll, because they've been resigned to segues due to the uh, injury restraints. You think I'm going to watch these chumps Battle it out for the right to get flogged in a quarterfinal against a reputable player? I ain't got time for this <laughs> So I propose that we truncate the tournament. Good. If not for the only reason that I've wanted to use the word truncate for some time, Lightning. And I say we do that and we have a two-day super slam. <laughs> the main point I'm getting to, Lightning, is that less is more. Yes. We know we don't have much to work with. So let's take that core ingredients and ram it home in a 48-hour frenzy um, sponsored by, I don't know, Viagra. There's obvious links there, Lightning. And just give the people what they want. This is a US less open. This is a useless open. I think that's what we need to call it. The useless open. 
And let's get it over and done in 48 hours. It's less time for me to have to bother with following results. Probably less episodes to produce for those three ungrateful listeners that are still hanging on for dear life. Next segment, roll on. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. So, Cutters, segment number one in this Come On segment, it's worth looking at this glorified qualifying tournament that is the useless Open and attempt to define what might get us just that fraction excited. Cutters, what is it for this year? Yeah, I know I've been a little bit down in the first segment, Lightning, but I Mm. have just had time to collect my thoughts and remember that there is one hell of a narrative about to take place over this slam, and that is the fact that Novak Djokovic, Sir Novak, is in line for the calendar slam. Yes. Absolutely massive. We at the backhanders have been perhaps less than impressed by Novak over the years. Our biggest criticism has always been a man with that sort of bank balance can afford a decent haircut. And it's the lack of priorities that concerns me. I'm always suspicious of he who asketh to becometh the Lego maneth. And I believe that is the Latin tattoo on his lower back that I've seen occasionally when reaching for that second serve, which he could improve on, but beggars can't be choosers. And he is about to attempt what no man has achieved since our Rod Laver. Yeah, the rocket. Rocket Rod Laver. Named such for his giant... (laughs) For his giant wooden racket. (laughs) Not to be confused with Milos Rocketless Ryanich. It's something that just hasn't been done in such a long period of time, Lightning. And Mm. I, for one, am pumped at the fact that Novak can finally prove that he's a pretty good player. Look, it's not a golden slam. (laughs) Don't want to bring this up again, but I have mentioned before, this should be referred to as the tin slam. He crapped the (laughs) international bed in Tokyo. And went home empty-handed without the golden chopsticks. And as a result, brought disgrace upon the nation of Serbia. And crapping a cardboard bed is never good news, Cutters. It did not take to it well. I tell you what, the cleaning staff were less than appreciative ahead of the Paralympics. So it's fine, Lightning. It's it's okay. It's a good garden variety Grand Slam. It's just not something that... I would be talking about publicly in any way. I just think it's, you know, it's it's like winning an Academy Award for best costume design. I mean, <laughs> it's a statue. It'll look good on the mantelpiece. Would you go out and share it on Instagram? Probably not, but... It'll look good until someone picks it up and goes, what'd you win this one for? (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Good one. Good on you. The four trophies will look good on the mantelpiece until I come round and try and shake the gold medals out of them only to find that they're empty. (laughs) (laughs) 
where I'd keep my biggest achievements in those cups. But but for you, it's a nice candy bowl. It, it, it's good for bar nuts. I mean, each to their own. And it does feel as it'll be momentous, Cutters, having no one around to celebrate it with him when he actually wins it at the end of this tournament. So Federer and Nadal, I think, are hosting a barbecue in Switzerland and any uh, reputable <laughs> players been invited to that and will be attending that. So wonderful way for Federer to just create a little bit of diversion over in the land of Switzers and uh, create the smoke and mirrors. Look this way, not that way. It's a brilliant move. Absolutely lightning. It says a lot that the other two in the top three aren't even going to be there to witness it. Mm. And to me, that completely invalidates the entire attempt by Novak because it again shows that Federer is a history buff. And I think what he's done right now by announcing his semi-possible-ish retirement while he considers to learn to walk again is just a nod to what Rod Laver went through when nobody bothered getting on the boat back in 69 to arrive at the Australian (laughs) Open and he was forced to play his semi against a stray sheepdog, taking him to a gripping fifth set, but ultimately another hollow victory. He's not only a history buff, he also sees where the game's evolving to, Cutters. And the new line of Segway tennis, I think his 12th (laughs) knee operation, I think he'll be able to participate well against these other legless chumps that uh, that we're seeing. Absolutely. So I guess I'm less excited than when I started this segment. So if that was the (laughs) objective... of keeping a consistent overall bummer vibe for this whole episode, then mission accomplished. What are you excited about, Lightning? <laughs> oh, you've taken us on quite a journey, Cutters, for that. We are appreciative in this useless open, Cutters. There are a couple of things I am particularly excited about, and that is the form of some players coming into this event. Mm. So one is... Ashley Barty, the Aussie champion, the number one dominant player in the world currently. She is 14-1 and against top 20 opponents. That is unbelievable. She is just wiping the field. She's just taken out the Cincinnati Masters cutters to claim her fifth title of the year. She's now got 40 wins on the WTA Tour. She is smashing everyone and will come into the useless open as much of a favorite as Joker is on the men's side. I mean, she is just ripping up the field. And for me, that's an incredible point of interest and excitement. She is on fire lightning. And I love the way that she's been so strategic with her scheduling this year. She's not caught up in trying to chase the illusion of a calendar slam. She's chosen to coincide with reminding people around the world to get their taxes in to chase the end of financial year slam of (laughs) Wimbledon and the US Open, which some say is even more difficult to achieve than a regular calendar slam. She's picking her moment, Lightning. Totally. And appeals to that more niche market of accountancy (laughs) tennis fans, you know, which is fantastic. I wonder, Kat, is whether she's looked at the calendar, going, look, there's the four slams. What are the real gold slams in those? And it's Wimbledon and it's the US. So for me, this is the golden slam that she's chasing, really. And uh, I think she's going to take it out. And I'm also noticing another hot streak that, of course, you'll be well across. And that is the great German Alexander Zvarev. Katas, he is on an 11-match winning streak. He's won the lead-up tournament. He is 
irrepressible at the moment, of course, a gold medalist holding something around his neck. Novak Djokovic hasn't yet, you know, and he has loved putting it inside his trophies along with the popcorn and pine nuts. And (laughs) he enters the US Open potentially as Djokovic's main threat. Who would have thunk it, Catters? It's really a serious moral dilemma for me, Lightning, because what is the lesser of two evils? We are going back to the Garden of Eden now. Who do I want to choke on that apple and get bitten by a vicious serpent? I don't know. I'm rewriting Genesis, just going through the motions of this Lightning. I'm very, very confused, but there are no winners in this story of the great fall of men's tennis. And I'm concerned because Sasha Shame is showing some promise. I mean, look, let's put it in perspective, Lightning. Gold medal at the Olympics. There are plenty of people who got gold medals at the Olympics. They gave them to badminton players, to table tennis players. I mean, did you see the synchronized swimming, Lightning? They practically couldn't give this stuff away. So I worry that he is in tip-top shape at the moment. The one thing that allays any fears that I have is that he is known to just shank it when it comes to five sets. This guy is brilliant across the best of three sets. But when it gets to best of five, as the Germans would say, he ain't got das stamina. <laughs> I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. times, see how many times you can return his serve also. No, but you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not. Okay. It's time now for our fed up and poo down segment, a segment in which we, on the dawn of a useless open, look at who might be rising who might actually uh, give us something to be inspired about in our fed up category and of course who's just going to feed straight into this useless rotten apple of a tournament that we haven't even started and yet we're mourning catters who's going to be our poo down who is it this time around well lightning i will start with my fed up which is a player that many of you will not be familiar with as she's mediocre at best and her name is coco (laughs) vandaway And remember that name because I will be talking about it for the next two minutes and it's a largely forgettable person. So she was playing her first match at the Pennsylvania tournament against Georgian Gorgosa. And Mm -hmm. in the third set, she was suffering from heat exhaustion, lightning. Mm -hmm. Coco was puffed. I think she was just angling for a Kellogg sponsorship. I'm not so sure, but she was struggling. (laughs) And she decided that she needed a timeout to rehydrate and talk to the trainer. Upon returning to the court, Lightning, her opponent, who had been sitting around for the last 15 minutes and had obviously gone a little bit cold, had requested a hit-up as you do, just to get your eye back in. I think it's a fair call. Was Coco up for that? No. And Coco insisted that her opponent hit up with her coach. But that's weird, and no one ever does that. So instead, Gorgosa insisted upon hitting up with Coco in the third set at a critical point in the match, but Coco decided she would just conserve her energy by literally shanking every ball in these hit-up rallies over the fence, into the net, through to the keeper, anything but feign interest in this hit-up. Coco later described that she was 
preserving critical energy. And it was just bizarre to watch Lightning, to be honest, because it's surreal to see one player trying to get her mind back in the game and the other one just honestly looking like an in-form Eugenie Bouchard, shanking balls left, right and centre. So it was, a, it was a fitting tribute to her Canadian counterpart. I wondered, Catters, whether she was just trying to embody her new sponsorship of the Coco Puffed and uh, was just... Trying to demonstrate that Cocoa Puffs are best served cold. <laughs> very good, Lightning. Very good. I think that slightly coded analogy was lost on the tennis viewing public, who surprisingly showed no restraint on the interweb in criticizing Coco. And the funny thing is that in response to this, some of the pundits, including former player Andy Roddick, reminded us that there is actually nothing in the rule book that requires a player to hit up with their opponent. No. And that's not just when you return from an injury timeout. That is the opening hit up before the match starts. So after the toss of the coin, you are not in any way obligated to hit with your opponent. And in fact, Excellent. the opponent can then choose either their coach or someone within the precinct to hit up with. So all this time that these players doing charity exhibition matches have been handing the racket to the ball kit, that could actually play out in a real-life scenario. Fantastic. This opens the absolute Pandora's box cutters for tennis terrorists who don't want to play a warmed-up player in their match and walk out with a... A baseball bat and just start sending <laughs> returns into the stands. <laughs> you could actually rock up to the hit up with a tennis racket with no strings, just as an absolute <laughs> baller move and keep like, what? Keep double checking your racket <laughs> as if something is terribly wrong. <laughs> Only to. Swap it at the last minute for the start of the match and just destroy them. So there's a lot of mind games that I think we're actually missing. And Coco has unleashed a whole yes. new chapter in sports psychology for this great sport of tennis, I think. Oh, absolutely. she She's going to add some spice to this upcoming Useless Open. Catters, that was your fed up. Who's your poo down? So Lightning, you think that's rude. I'll give you rude. My poo down is Casper Rude, who has spent the greater part of the last few months wandering aimlessly in the wilderness of tennis, winning on clay courts, well and truly post-French Open, irrelevant tournaments such as Gestad, Bostad in Sweden, which let's face it, it's pronounced bastard, and Kitchball, <laughs> wandering with a broken compass... From devil's dirt to devil's dirt, <laughs> collecting giant oversized checks like Happy Gilmore <laughs> on his way to oblivion. <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest and no one sees it, does it win three irrelevant clay tournaments in a row? <laughs> Explain that to me, Lightning. Speaking of three irrelevant tournaments, have you seen the names of some of these tournaments? I know I've been on a tear before about how poorly some tournaments are named. But since when does the Western Southern Open... Where is that? The Western Southern Open. That could be, what, 
50% of the globe. Exactly. Casper Rudd's been trying to use his compass to locate it, and he's had no chance. Well, unfortunately, it was on a genuine surface, so I doubt Casper Rudd had the audacity to show up. I think he's currently competing on charcoal uh, during this uh, US Open in uh, the Netherlands. Well, I'm sure one tournament that is played on charcoal is the one that coincides with the local witchcraft convention at the Salem Open, and not to be bettered by... Tennis in the land. Lightning, can you think of a more nondescript tournament that has ever been seen since the great slam of the 80s known as tennis on a court? I mean, what is your point of difference? Those uh, marketing and tennis branding interns aren't going to get a second gig, are they, Catters? Yeah, we have to include the sport as the first word in the title. That's a given. Uh, Where's it taking place? Well, you never know with COVID, so let's just keep it nondescript. Tennis in the land. I'm just liking the idea of a couple of interns just getting their phones and going... uh, uh, Siri, uh, do a marketing and branding title for tennis tournament. Tennis in the land. Thanks, Siri. It's like when Siri's reading out emojis as words. <laughs> Aubergine, aubergine, strawberries. Peach, peach, love heart. <laughs> That would have made more sense. Seriously, give me an emoji titled tournament ahead of Tennis in the Land. I would much rather go see Bullseye Ghosty Happy Turd. I want to see that trophy. Just don't put your pine nuts in it. <laughs> well, Lightning, what is your fed up? Cat is my fed up is uh, St. Nick. He is the great Aussie champion who keeps his legs up for about nine out of 12 months a year and in <laughs> pandemics, 11 out of 12 months a year. And he has... Well, he's got the trophy for not caring about tennis generally, Catters, but it's an open. So there's fans in the stands and Nick's going to flaunt it. So... Of course, he didn't flaunt it in a lead-up tournament. He was slated to play Andy Murray. The crowd was excited, and St. Nick, a couple of minutes to go. FIFA ran a bit overtime, and with only 11 minutes left on the clock, pulled the pin on their matchup to the booze and the outrage of the American fans who've been waiting for genuine tennis and aren't going to see any at the US Open and were disappointed not to have any in the lead-up tournament either. Cutters, this bloke, of course is known for, you know, doing things his own way. He pulls out of this incredible clash and minutes later puts up on his socials a little picture of a cartoon character smoking a cigarette, including the caption, never regret anything that made you smile. (laughs) Just a two-finger salute. All those paying fans who've been waiting two years for tennis and instead had to watch Andy Murray 
pants a lucky loser who'd already had a five-set match and had nothing left in the tank. Absolutely troller player. So Nick Kyrgios, he is back. He is blowing up the circuit, the lead-up tournaments and the slams themselves. And Kat, as we look forward to what he brings in this useless Open. It's great to see... St. Nick back in form lightning mm. just in terms of not caring. And if there's one <laughs> tournament that his worldview will suit, it is the Grand Slam of carelessness. No one could care less about this tournament and no one could care less about caring less than the careless man himself, St. Nick. He's the patron saint of not giving a <laughs> And... You can understand that the crowd are disappointed. A lot of them showed up wearing helmets, expecting to see St. Nick throwing a few chairs at the change of ends. And that's got to be disappointing. But do we want to live in a world where people witness a victory by Sir Andy Murray in 2021? (laughs) The guy's an invalid, Lightning. I mean, children shouldn't have to witness that. Absolutely. Catter's... That's my fed up, the saint of carelessness, Nick Curios. But of course, my poo down are fiery Russians. Cutters, mm. we've seen a couple of them in the lead up to this US Open. Of course, the Medvedevil is the key one. The man who made famous the crowd v tennis player relationships two years ago when it was like a pantomime, popcorn throwing and tomatoes and they pull out the gallows to hang him at different times. It was this fiery (laughs) exchange and just brought so much colour to tennis. He returns to the stage with crowds back in the stands and we await that, that fiery rush. But of course, it was on show not just between player and crowd, this time cutters between player and equipment. Medvedev, during one of the lead-up tournaments, earlier in a match, came very close to hitting a camera and, of course, told the tournament director, that this is not on, this must be moved. One match later, it whilst racing for a forehand, absolutely careered into camera and cameraman, sending it toppling amazing footage from said camera. And, of course, it was left splayed on the court disastrously with all sorts of potential for terrible injury in the lead-up to a major slam tournament in which he's seeded number two. And, of course, when asked about it, he said, take it away. I almost broke my hand. I'm probably going to sue them. I cannot play. Call a physio. I cannot play. I'm going to sue them. Brilliant. I mean, I think what everyone's missing here is that he is getting into the US state of mind that we need to take legal action at all (laughs) costs. He is also fragrantly refusing to wear face masks or get vaccinated, which of course will again endear him to his fellow Americans. Kat is the other fiery Russian I've been deeply appreciating the rise of, and that is Andrei Rublev. Mm. Up and coming fast. He actually took out Medvedev in one of the most recent lead-up tournaments, but en route to that Kat has played Gail Monfils, a man well-loved mm. in the tennis world. There was one exchange, cutters that really highlighted the fieriness of these Russians, and that was when Gail Monfils, giving it all, vomited into a bin. You know, of course, the sympathies of the stands went out to him. Look at how much he's hanging it out there. But that wasn't met with the same sympathy on the other side of the net. Catter's mid-exchange, as Montfies failed to take a timeout and instead chose to battle through, Rublev calls out, not feeling well. Look at how he runs. 
<laughs> later in the press conference, when quizzed about it, one of the reporters put to him, he, he said, did you feel as though Monfils had made himself throw up? Rublev kind of smugly sits back, sighs and says, it just happens every time. <laughs> Leveling the accusation that vomiting was some kind of tactic to throw him in the match. Unbelievable. It's astonishing, Lightning. I'm sickened to hear that the man-child has come after Chucky with such vehement <laughs> hatred. And um, I know that it's also posed some problems for the Make-A-Wish Foundation when Rublev then went on to the hospital afterwards only to taunt terminally ill children, which I just think was a step too far. He does not hold back when he gets the bit between his teeth. For me personally, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me but each person deals with it differently. Well, it's time to take this one home. And as we await the useless open that is unfurling before us, Cutters, it's time to just lodge our super tiebreak predictions. The draws are in. We're looking across and diligently analysing the matchups and who's going to play who. We see Murray and Tsitsipas about to eye each other off in round number one. There's all sorts of tantalising matches to come. Uh, not many between good tennis players but there's certainly <laughs> matches being played so who are you predicting will take this one out lightning i feel like sometimes we get a little bit too clever for our own good um mm. guilty as charged lightning i'm a smart guy who often overthinks things and i'm going to simplify this novak djokovic is going to win the u.s open oh bold and on the women's side, I truly believe that it's Bash Artie's year. I think it's her mm. time. So, look, I'm sorry. It's going to be the right prediction. I'm sorry that I am Nostradamus. I'm sorry that I apologize all the time. It's just <laughs> a nervous tick. And I'm sorry that I don't know quite how to hand the ball back to you for predictions, Lightning. <laughs> I, I, I'm really... I think what you're trying to say, Kat, is, is you're sorry. And I, I feel you in that. I, too, have looked deep into the crystal ball and seen a giant anti-vaxxing Novak pop up in the globe. And it's hard to imagine, with odds of a dollar to 1.000000 cent chance of winning this, that he won't win. And, of course, failing his uh, pinpoint throat radar, as long as he can keep the gun in the holster this year, he will win a US Open. And I'm with you, Cutters. Ash Barty on the women's side. It is the more tantalizing part of the draw with so many good matches and in-form women's players. I will be much more interested in that half of the draw than the men's side. And if Ash Barty can get past the fourth round for the first time, I think she will take it out. Cutters to Dark Horse, where I think there's more interest in our predictions. I, Cutters, am going for Nick Kyrgios. I just think... He is going to be refreshed. He's beaten Andy Murray in a mind game. He is winning the socials. He has had his feet up for 
12 months, if he can remember the game of tennis, if he can remember to walk out with his shoes, if he can remember that it's tennis and not basketball, there's a few ifs. There's a few (laughs) things to combat. But if he can get out on court, I reckon the tennis terrorist, I reckon St. Nick, I reckon COVID cop, this is his time to shine. But Catters, for me, on the women's side, my dark horse will be Coco Goff. I think now with Coco Vandeweghe copping all the attention it gives the other Coco, the the lesser-known Coco, the chance to just Trojan horse-style sneak through the field and actually claim, I think, her first maiden Mm. Grand Slam title. They're my dark horses. Catters, over to you. Well, Lightning, I think for a long time, our dark horses have not been so dark. Case in point, the fact that you're choosing Coco Goff, who is on a tear at the moment. Her trajectory Mm. is looking good to claim victory. And I want to go darker with my dark horses, Lightning. These are black holes of tennis form. (laughs) And for the men's, I'm going for 179 in the world Slovenian player, Blaz Roller, just for the fact that he sounds like a rapper and looks like a nice guy. And for that reason alone, Blaz Roller, you are my dark horse. And on the women's side... I think Blaz Roller would do well in the Segway section of the drawer as well, I reckon. So look out for the Blaz Roller. Absolutely. And Lightning, for the women's, I couldn't go past the 203rd ranked Dutch player who could be mistaken for a NASCAR event organized by the same junior marketing team that organized the <laughs> Tennis in the Land tournament, and that is Indy De Vroom. <laughs> yes, De Vroom. De Vroom Vroom, and watch her shredding it up on the baseline in some kind of NASCAR, <laughs> just doing the donuts in the warm-up. That will be fantastic. Absolutely. So she is sponsored by Tennis Sengren's family from Alabama, <laughs> which came in the form of a sick tattoo on her left buttock. And I look forward to Indy De Vroom 500, which will be her ranking by the end of the year. <laughs> So those are my extremely dark horses, and I cannot emphasize enough how dark they are. And Lightning, I propose that in the spirit of an alternative horse, we shall release into the paddock of the tennis world the legless horse. And these are the horses that manage to injure themselves from the knee down in the spirit of every other tennis player on the face of... The earth, or if you're from some parts of the US, in the land. And I am going to predict that five players are going to succumb to a leg-related injury. And I will take great joy in each one of their downfalls throughout the early rounds. What say you, Nostra Lightning? (laughs) Kat, as I uh, am imagining... A Bambi-esque Medvedev who will no doubt trip over some of the modern technology that US Open rolls out. So he will definitely be one of the legless horses. Yes. And his lawyers will (laughs) lick their lips (laughs) at the potential of a six-figure sum from the ATP as a result. Don't be surprised if he chases dollars and goes out like a bull in a china shop and just climbs stands scales the umpire's chair to shake his hand at various times. <laughs> it will be a very risky venture from Medvedev. <laughs> Mr. Year, Medvedev, so. you came out on stilts. We can't... Ex- 
When you parachuted into the tournament on a windy, hot day... Some would say you were asking for it. (laughs) Well, I'd better give you a number, Catters. Let's go legs 11. Uh, Let's hope that the pun warrants such a high figure. But with the amount of non-tennis playing tennis players playing in this Open, it's not impossible that 11 of them in five-set matches really get found out below the knee. So, Catters, it's time for us to go to await the qualifying round that awaits us for this whole week one of the Useless Open. For those listening, I love that you are listening, that you're on board, but we'd love others to be on board to add to the tally of, of three. So please, just get it out there, share it, chat to your mum, sneak it on her phone, open the phone, subscribe, get it going, get the love out there. Think about those who'd enjoy riding along with The Backhanders. Of course, you can join us on Instagram, you can join us through Facebook at The Backhanders. But alas, until we see you halfway through this tournament for our mid-tournament review, if your opponent wants to hit up with you, warm up with you, and you're just a little bit too cocoa-puffed, well, just remember to be quiet, please.